Anybody! Anybody! Vegas! Hey! Are you guys going to Vegas by any chance? Yeah, we sure are. Do you need a lift? Oh, desperately. You've done this before, son? Yeah, yeah, sure. I love these little planes. They're great. Oh, come on. Hop the board. You'll have a good time. We got a new one, boys. Come on in there. Let's go. Let's go. Live from the air traffic control tower at McCarran International Airport, and brought to you by the United States Playing Card Company. Get in the game. I'm Delmon. And I'm Malicious. And this is EQ2 Talk. There's a holdup in the Bronx. Brooklyn's broken out in fights. There's a traffic jam in Harlem that's backed up to Jackson Heights. There's a scout troop short a child. Cruise ships do and I know wild. Car 54, where are you? This is episode number 54, and we're recording on October 24th, 2012. And, Allie, why don't we still have theme music? Well, I've been busy trying to learn a new language. Oh, really? Yeah, Australian. Okay. <laughs> I gotta say, their dictionary looks a lot like ours, only it's upside down. You know, Allie, I, I bet you don't know this, but I actually speak a little Australian. <laughs> Do you now? Yeah, let me test you to see if you can translate for everybody. Good day, mate. Oi, Fosters. <laughs> Cracky! Well, I know one of those is Australian for beer. All right, there you go. There you go. All right, uh, so before we upset our friends from down under, Allie. Any, do, we have, do we have any? I don't know, but they're, they're, they're probably a little lightheaded with all the blood going to their brains because they live upside down. <laughs> I think we have some emails, don't we? We do. Uh, am I up first? Indeed you are. All right. So the first email I have here uh, is entitled Question for Next Podcast. Hi, Allie and Dell. I hope Dell had a good time in Vegas while Allie was forced to stay home holding down the fort. Thank you for your 50th episode contest, and I look forward to spending all my station cash. Sorry, Dell. Dell, did you find out any info on the Kronos usage? whether pros or cons. By the way, I finally got my pack pony and was able to answer that question regarding the amount of harvests retrieved by the pony. Mine seems to consistently fill 16 slots of various nodes. The node amount varied, as you said, but now I know how many slots. Sorry if I didn't phrase my question a bit better. This might help out someone with a little bit of extra info, so please share if possible. Thank you for all you both do and look forward to the next podcast. Signed, Monkey Boy from Freeport. So, Allie, do you have any thoughts here on Monkey Boy's email? Yeah, I guess I didn't. I missed what he meant uh, with his question, but 16 slops, ooh, slops, slots of various nodes. Uh, that makes sense because you want to know how many slots to have open when you hail the pack pony. Because there's nothing worse than, say, for example, being on a raid and figuring, oh, I'll just collect my pack pony. And then, lo and behold, you fill up your inventory. It, when you have packed pony overflow, yeah, it's not uh, good, <laughs> and it's all over. Uh, does it wind up in the overflow slot? I've, I've never encountered this, so I would have to guess that's where it would go. Honestly, I don't know. I just hate it when it happens. I just absentmindedly click on the pony, mm-hmm. and that it's kind of like suddenly having a mouthful of marshmallows. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. the only analogy I can come up with. You just feel like you got you got nowhere to go. All right. 
Sorry, that's all. But yes, Chronos, I'm curious about them as well. We'll have to discuss in further detail. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot that can be said about Chrono. And I have to correct you right there, Allie. It is Chrono. Mm. Uh, we were informed at uh, SOE Live that the plural is the same as the singular. Uh, they don't know why, but it is what it is. Uh, the plural Chronos, anyways, is the home world of the Klingons. Uh, so we don't, oh. we don't want to cross our genres here. Uh, but so the plural is the same as the singular, much like sheep or deer or deer. Uh, but I think with Chronos, I think and there, there I go. I just did it as well. I think we're always going to be doing it with Chrono. Uh, I think it's interesting. You know, I'm not really sure what I think all yet. Uh, Delmon's initial reaction should be hate it, don't want it, not going to participate in it. And I think that's maybe where I'm headed. But I can see a lot of people taking advantage of this. It sort of puts the um, ability for SOE to monitor this stuff a little bit better so that they can control it and customer service it a little bit better as opposed to the selling of station cash cards and channel. Well, let's go back a smidgey just in case okay. anybody didn't catch the news about Chrono. What exactly it is? Uh, Chrono is something you buy. I believe the price is seventeen ninety nine US dollar from SOE, and it is in game, and it is thirty days of free play time. As it is an in game item, you can trade it, uh, give it to another player, gift it, sell it to somebody, or sell it for in game currency as well. So anything that could be traded or bartered for, you can use this this currency. It, it, that's effectively what it is. It's another currency. It has a real-world value of 30 days playtime that somebody has already paid for. Mm-hmm. The person who paid for it may not be the one who consumes it. So, Allie, here's a scenario, a real simple scenario. You go out uh, to SOE and you buy for $17.99 a chrono mm-hmm. and you uh, – give them the money, they give you the in-game item. So you have something in your inventory bag in-game, I believe, uh, a shiny-looking widget. Uh, I'm on a raid. I kill some uber dragon and get the uh, wicked awesome sword of slaying. Uh, I could sell you that wicked awesome sword of slaying for your chrono. You get the sword. You can now go in-game and fight with your sword and kill whatever you want. I get this chrono thing that I now can redeem for 30 days of free playtime. Or sell to somebody else. Or sell to somebody else, absolutely. Uh, it is a way to take real-world money, convert it to playtime, and use that playtime to barter with in-game for in-game items or stuff or services, whatever you want. So well, you're, is, you're not really converting it to playtime until it's turned in. Until it's turned in, yes. So correct, it's just correct. a token, basically, that has a real-world value. So you could use it, essentially... To buy plat. Absolutely. I, so, could, I could turn around and take that chrono that I sold to you for the sword, and I could sell it to somebody else who's got the breastplate that I want. Mm-hmm. And then they have the chrono. They could unpack it, or they could trade it again, or, or put two chrono together and get uh, something else that they want in-game. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, as you say, another token, another currency to use to trade or barter for things. It originally starts out as real-world money. Mm-hmm. in somebody's pocket they buy it and the moral equivalent of this thing this widget is 30 days of playtime uh, once it gets in game it can be becomes uh, evaluated at whatever the going market is one sword a thousand plat a million plat uh two swords and a sheep a pack pony <laughs> you know whatever you know you can trade it for whatever you want 
power leveling services if you want. A magic bean? Magic beans, absolutely. Maybe, oh, I'm sorry, I almost went giant kill count there with that for a moment. Whoa, oh, let me stop yeah. myself right there. So, uh, But yeah, it's this, it's this currency. So again, it's that kind of thing we talked about, about laundering uh, money uh, into game. Uh, and the end result is the person who finally winds up with it, who wants to uh, execute uh, that widget, that, that mm-hmm. chrono, gets 30 days of free playtime. I can imagine uh, in the beginning the feeling out period of how much should this go for is going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, absolutely, because it's it's good for anything, really. I mean, I, I just wonder, like, there's going to end up being, like, a standard plant value, and I would imagine servers will kind of be similar. Usually that levels out after a little while, after, like, the major players figure out what things go for. But I would imagine it's going to be quite a lot of plat that they go for. Whatever whatever the plat of 30 days is. Yeah. But again, it could be for something else. It doesn't necessarily have to be for plat. I know. It could be I'm for looting rights of a chest, perhaps. Well, maybe. but can you imagine the nightmare that would be as a raid leader? Oh, I, I, yeah. I don't know how you deal with that. But say you were able to solo something, maybe. I don't know. Maybe one of those ethereal charms. Remember those that were dropping? Oh, yeah. That you could get solo. Now, all of a sudden, those could become convertible into chrono with whatever mm-hmm. uh, value that people put on them at any given time. And like you say, I think the service will settle into a, a common theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to take a little while for that to balance out. And you know, maybe some of the more popular servers, uh, it, it's a little lower because there's more competition where mm-hmm. you have less players. There's not as much chrono competition. Uh, and again, if there's a, a collection of players who are very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Chrono savvy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may be able to control the market. Oh, I just cartel Chrono. You know, <laughs> people controlling the Chrono market with with <laughs> by force, of course, and bloodshed. Uh, but it, I think it'll be interesting of where this thing goes. To me, uh, I'll probably stay out of it. You know, how I many guilds do you it. think we'll see with the word Chrono in it? Uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh, the thing is, but you inter- you you suggest an interesting question there is uh, when it comes to more than one person type of thing, uh, be it uh, a duo, uh, group, or heroic, or and, and I don't know, do Mercs want to want a share of Chrono as well? Don't know <laughs> how you're going to divvy these things up. Yeah. So if you're on a raid, and, you know, you're looking to sell uh, loot rights to something, say off a Doza car, for example, uh, how do you split that Chrono twenty four ways? Well, you really can't, as far as I know. Uh, so you better sell it in multiples of 24 then. Or you just sell it for plat like before. Yeah, or you go back to what we're doing. And not accept the chrono. I, I so. think it's interesting. I think like you suggest, it's going to take a little while for it to shake out yep. and for folks to uh, figure it out. Uh, one thing about chrono, I will say this. I was somewhat surprised uh, at Fanfare when it was first announced that the room was kind of subdued about it. Usually when you get into this real-world money business, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the wheels come off the wagon and the rioting and mobs form. Mm. And, and it really didn't. Uh, so you thought it was more tame than you thought you you thought it might be or yeah, or I, should be? or I guess maybe maybe in real life it's not as exciting as on the forums, right? Mm. Because people are all jumping up and down on the forums. In real life, they kind of just sit in their chairs and applaud politely. Mm. Uh, I was surprised by that, that there wasn't as much outcry against it. Because whenever we start involving 
things about money, like the free-to-play and, and those sort of things. There's usually an initial knee-jerk reaction to things, and there just hasn't seemed to be that right now. We seem to be more worried about XP nerfing than than Chronos appearing in the world. Well, I, I think maybe a couple things. One... Maybe people didn't quite grasp what exactly it was going to be like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe that. So they weren't quite sure how to respond. Maybe also a little bit of, well, it doesn't affect me. You know, XP nerfing affects people and they know exactly how it affects them. So they know whether to be mad or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also a third thing might be maybe they are familiar with it already because they've seen it in other games and it's sort of like, okay, normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe just the next step in evolution of what was coming along anyways. Other games have this. So why wouldn't Sony Mm -hmm. type uh, adopt this as well? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe one of the pluses might be now. I don't know how this whole thing is going to affect the economy, but my, Hope is that maybe it will kind of even things out a little bit more, balance the economy a little bit. I don't know. Uh, Maybe take a little plat out of, well, I don't know if it'll take plat out of circulation. It won't take it out of circulation. All it does is move it around. Yeah. I don't know. But at least, if nothing else, if you purchase a chrono, Mm -hmm. you have uh, the backing of SOE if that gets... You know, if you get the shaft or something, right? I mean, somehow right. in the trade between you, if you bought the Chrono and you're trading it for Plat. Yep. Am I correct to assume that you now have some kind of way to recover your Chrono uh, if somebody steals it and they don't give you the Plat? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure to what extent yet because, again, we haven't seen it in action yet. Mm. But, yeah, because it's an in-game thing, SOE can kind of monitor the transaction to some degree from mm-hmm. beginning to end. They see you purchase it on their website for, for money. They see it enter the game. They see you claim it. They see you put it in a trade window. They see the other person. So they can, yes, they can track it that way and figure out what's going on. Whereas opposed to today, what we have with the, I bought a, I bought a station cash card. And I'm going to sell it to you for plat. Here's mm. the code. Yeah. You know, maybe I mistyped the code in an attempt to deceive you. That sort of thing. So I think... It is a little bit better able to be monitored and controlled and customer serviced, if that's a word, sure. by SOE because it's part of their system. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe that's why we're not uh, all up in arms about this yet because mm-hmm. we haven't seen it yet. So uh, then I applaud the community for not going off the deep end without having all the details yet. Yeah. Well, the other thing is uh, maybe this is an answer to, you know, how we we lost – the ability to pay for game time in the marketplace. Yep. Uh, This offers an opportunity for those people who, I mean, you know, we've seen for a long time people be able to pay pay for their game time by way of their ability to farm plat in-game, basically, and never actually shell out any money by kind of laundering their, you know, money, laundering their plat, I guess. Yep. In order to buy it off the marketplace, right? Well, maybe this way they can still, it kind of gives that back a little bit. Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Where you you could uh, sell a chrono or sell your plat for a chrono, rather, and 
be able to pay for your game. Yeah, you can fund your play time through right. your play. Right. Uh, I, I would fear, though, a little bit of the Shard of Hate PR running will well, become even more prevalent to do that. But again, you maybe. know what? There is going to be competition in the chrono market. Right. right. You don't have you, Ali, for example, I'm just picking on you, don't have exclusive access to the chrono. Anybody well, can go and buy a chrono. A, right. Right. No one had exclusive access to a station cash card, but a lot of people were reluctant to go that route for purchasing uh game time or you know station cash or whatever by way of plat because you have to rely on the other person to send you the code and, and do it correctly. And not screw you. Right. And if, if, if you couldn't find a buyer, right? Now, this is the scenario, and this is why I think a lot of people stay out of it. Not only is it not officially supported, right? Right. Uh, if you couldn't buy a, a consumer for your station cash, well, you're out the real-world money, and you end up having to redeem it for yourself, like it or not. And now you've got station cash, something you can't use for your time. If right. you purchase a chrono mm-hmm. and you can't find somebody to buy it or you can't find anything in game that you want to spend it on or anybody who's willing to trade for it, worst-case scenario – you consume it yourself and get your 30 days worth of playtime. So you're not really stuck having a currency that you wouldn't necessarily be able to consume. Now, it is a little bit more than your subscription because it's $17.99, I think, versus, say, $15.99. I I don't know all the math off the top of my head. But worst case is, if I can't get rid of it, I still have 30 days in my possession. I don't have station cash that I can't use for playtime anymore. Right. So Exactly. Well, anyway, we'll see how it goes. Yep. I, I think it could be good. Uh, it could be interesting, at least. So I think you have our second email, Allie? Yes. Our next email comes from Penge Finches, who writes, Stasis! Exclamation point. Hi. Been a while writing. I must admit, like Sprouts, I, too, have been exploring the lands of Tyrian. Tyrian. Something. Loving it, but it's not going to replace EQ2 for me for all its changes since launch. Ooh, I just got my eight-year vet reward. Woohoo! It's still the best MMO out there. Regarding Stasis, the Split Paw Locked Raid Guild, having an absolute blast with the old content. Just to pick up on something Dell said to my first email, there's no mentoring here. We all made new tunes and leveled and locked them. We breezed through Prismatic 1 with really only a little more than a group. Those AAs and Mastercrafted Fabled are really OP. No problems up at 60 except for the Dijin Master. Took forever to get the instruments in the right place, and then they seemed bugged and couldn't play the songs. So with only two groups at the time, we couldn't just burn him and had to pass on that one. Locked at 70 now and up in KOS. Brings back so many memories. This was where I started my casual raiding. Guild's growing now, and we're three groups plus now, and starting to wipe. But lots of fun, and I've tinkered up Penge Finches 2.0. So we have a repair bot. Claymore Line, Death Toll, and Mark of the Awakened incoming. Keep up the great podcast, guys. I'm camping the podcast feed, waiting for the new ones. Cheers, Penge Finches. So, Dull, any thoughts about all these great raid zones that you remember? Oh, I certainly do. Dijin Master mm. uh, makes me smile. Uh, I didn't do him at level, and very few people did, uh, because he was the end-all, be-all, and then some. 
uh, for raiding guilds back then. We did it, I think, on our throwback group night, uh, and we struggled with it as well because getting those darn instruments placed, the Dijin Master is not an encounter that can be turned and burned because I think he stops taking damage until you get those instruments in position. So uh, you are really forced to follow the script in that one. So uh, I thought they had fixed uh, the instruments uh, recently. Maybe he's still having some trouble with it. That's, uh, that's sad to hear. Uh, but yeah, a lot of that old stuff, it brings back really, really fond memories. And I think other players should uh, kind of give what this guild's doing a try. And you know, on your off night, if you're looking for something to do, uh, go, go back and do a Darathar-type raid or, or try the Dijin Master again. Uh, I think it can be a lot of fun. Mm. I really like that they don't mentor. Uh, I really like that they're actually doing level content at real level uh, because you don't get the the overpoweredness of mentoring to sort of sully your view of things. You know, you're yeah. kind of experiencing it as close as possible to the way it was then now. Now, obviously, you know, you're going to have some differences with the changes in game that have happened since then, but but it's as close as you can get. I think that's really, really cool, and it sounds like a lot of fun, especially, you know, if you have a raid party or a guild that's totally committed to this and everybody's in the same boat, you know, you're not just the one lonely guy who's like, oh, hey, can we run a throwback raid, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. I love it. I love that. And it sounds like they're picking up momentum. He said, you know, they had two groups and now they have three. Mm -hmm. So maybe the word is getting out there and more people are coming back to give this a try. Mm-hmm. Claymore. Ooh. Death toll the hard way. That sounds fun. Allie, I'm really sorry to interrupt you, but I just, from our home office, we just got a scoring update alert on the EQ2Talk fantasy scoreboard. Oh, no. So let's go back to the studio. And JB, what do you got back there for us? Well, Allie, as you know, we've just come back from SOE Live 2012. And apparently, uh, Delmon has jumped out to an early lead, one to nothing, by getting five drinks bought for him at Fanfare. Allie, what do you think of that? Well, I'd like to know the names of these drink buyers. Uh, We'll get those later in the box score for you. So let's send it back to the podcast, shall we? Wow, so at least five drinks were bought for Dell. Were you sober during Fanfare? Um, I don't remember. No, oh, well, I, I hope you remember something. Maybe, maybe that's a good sign that the answer should be yes to that question. Uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping for a little bit of information on this podcast. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I got to say, I had a fantastic time at uh, SOE Live. Uh, you know, Ali, it's unfortunate you couldn't uh, join me out there. Uh, once again, the weekend flies by. Before you realize it, it's time to get on the plane and go home. It seems like you you land, and then you're getting back on the plane. It, it, it's, it's just a whirlwind of a weekend. It's a lot of fun. Uh, this year, though, uh, for the first time, I think, in all my years at Fanfare, uh, I had a hard time. There was so many conflicts on the schedule. Uh, normally, I look at it and I go, okay, EQ2 track, yep, 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 yep. I'm going to sit in this room all day long and just listen to the EQ2 panels. Uh, this year, there were a lot of panels that kind of – conflicted with each other on the schedule i found myself moving around a lot more uh, mm. which is a good thing but i missed out on a few things that i had wish i had gotten to but you know say la vie but i think that's a that's a positive thing for the event overall that there was so much to do it, it made it difficult to have to pick which which part of it i was going to do at any given point what do you, do you think the player panels maybe kind of threw a monkey wrench into your schedule yeah yeah absolutely the player panels 
they were fantastic. I thought they were one of the highlights of the weekend. Uh, I was pleased to hear when they first announced that they were going to do these. I thought they were going to be a success, and they absolutely were. Uh, it was great to see our fellow players sitting up on panels sharing their experience and talking about their uh, their expertise in certain things. So I think it added a really a really uh, community involvement into uh, SOE Live as opposed to it's just Sony presenting stuff. It really brought the players up to the dais as well, put them up in the forefront as well, and I thought that was fantastic. I love that. I like the fact that that you say it, it's building community. I think that this game and all the SOE games really are about community and sort of that two-way communication has sort of always been the mark of fanfare in the past. And this just makes it even more, more so. Did you find in the player panels that any of the SOE folks were actually in the audience? Uh, yeah, and certainly they participated as well. Uh, with moderating them to help help you know get the get them going and whatnot, mm-hmm. but yeah, there were definitely some uh, staffers in the audience listening mm-hmm. as well. So uh, I think that was a real treat too to see that again. It kind of you know kind of brings back that comment about their players too. They wanted to attend player panels as well, kind of as participants mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to enjoy them as well that way, kind of seeing it from the other side a little bit. So that was a really really cool thing to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to say. Uh, I had a blast doing out the one that I was on on the the podcasting one with yeah, Ash Lane and uh, Denicia. I thought that went really well. Uh, we had a kind of a small crowd, which was which was good because we were able to have a little bit more of a conversation with the folks who were there, and not just us sitting up front talking. There was a lot of back and forth, and I thought that mm. was fantastic. I heard some of them, like the trade skilling one, was standing room only. Mm. Uh, same thing with the military one. I heard that as well, that uh, those were really good. I didn't make it to that one because, again, there were so many things going on at the same time I wanted to attend. Well, you can always look at wire. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so so for th- some of the panels that I did miss, and uh, I'll be honest, I almost missed my own. <laughs> I came a little late because oh, no. I got I was having a hallway conversation before I real- realized that it was much later than I thought it was. I even missed the, I missed the EQ2 expansion one. Yeah, uh, I, I don't get folks. that, but I mean – you know, obviously, you know, there, there's no end of people to talk to in the hallway, and I could see why that would be a distraction. Uh, but, you know, there, that's obviously a good thing. I hope it was worth missing. Oh, absolutely. It was, you know, that one-on-one <laughs> talk, you, you never have a chance anywhere else but kind of at SOE Live to do yeah. that sort of thing. So sitting in a panel and kind of, as you suggest, knowing eh, I can always watch that later on Wire. Feldon does a right. fantastic <laughs> oh, job at getting all that Feldon. stuff. Uh, he, he can't miss anything. I know. He can't, well, he can't be distracted by hallway conversations. Yeah, well, I know. I depend on him so that I can have my hallway conversations. <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> one panel I did go to, though, I wanted to talk a little bit about was the Player Studio oh, panel. Oh, yeah. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> that, I think, I, I'm very excited about Player Studio. I, I think it is a huge thing that SOE is doing. Uh, now, granted, as I've said in the past, Allie, I have... Uh, zero, maybe even negative artistic skill. Uh, I, hey, I'm honest. You, you spot me the head and the body, and I may be able to finish the stick figure. Uh, <laughs> I don't do very well at Hangman. Um, but you did a really nice Mighty Mug. Uh, okay, all right, yes, uh, with much stress. But I don't know if they would actually accept Mighty Mug, my Mighty Mug in game. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was it was interesting to listen to the folks in the panel, though, uh, and talk about some of, the, some of the stuff that they're looking for. And they actually had a member of the Free Realms art team uh, kind of working on a chair uh, in real time during the panel, which I thought was kind of interesting because I'm watching her as, as the folks are talking. And I'm like, this 
woman has spent 15 to 20 minutes just getting this one little piece of the headboard to attach properly, right? She's spinning mm-hmm. it and twisting it and doing this. I mean, it's going on and on and on. I'm like, we'll just connect the damn thing. It's like Legos, right? <laughs> they, don't they just snap together? Uh-huh. Uh, but no, it just showed really how detailed and how intricate and how involved just making a simple wooden chair was. Mm-hmm. It was almost as if watching an actual person uh, from medieval times, make a wooden chair, the amount of effort wow. that goes into it. And what I thought was surprising, too, some of the questions that folks were asking, I, I guess it gave me the feeling that uh, a lot of players don't really get, at least in my opinion, don't get what it takes to do player studio. You know, there are people uh, at the office at SOE with uh, very expensive tool sets years of training, and then on top of that, tons of talent mm-hmm. and experience doing this stuff. I don't think you're going to download some of these art tools on a Friday afternoon, figure them out by the time you go to bed, and then be you know have a chair whipped up by Sunday night. Unlike podcasting. Yeah, unlike podcasting. <laughs> podcasting is easy. Uh, yeah, it just... Uh, so the questions they were asking, you know, they, they've announced we're going to allow you to do uh, cloaks and housing items, which is, I would imagine, probably two of the simplest things you can do. Mm-hmm. But every question was, I want to make armor. I want to make weapons. Of course, of course. And, and then, Who doesn't want to make the giant, humongous sword? <laughs> and th- then the question to top all questions was, can I make a mount? Oh. And, and, I, and I'm sitting there thinking, I would have to guess, and I'm no expert, but I would have to imagine a mount is about the most complicated thing Probably. You could make in-game. It moves. It moves. You've got to get 24 uh, classes and races to sit on this thing properly. Well, races. Races. Who cares about classes? Okay. Races, how many are there? Nine, ten? Whatever. There's there's a lot of them. And they all get different body shapes, right? Well, speaking of races wearing things, can I interrupt briefly? Okay. You know it's Knights of the Dead? Yes. Well, the Sarnak wearing the skull head disguise okay they look like the skull of an alien okay there's one in freeport and it just cracked me up all it's right really funny anyway go ahead okay so Sorry I, to do it was just uh, and I, I remember uh reistel who was leading the conversation kept saying we're giving you cloaks and housing items uh-huh. uh, yeah i want to do this no we're giving you cloaks and housing <laughs> items. yes yes but can i make dragons no <laughs> Okay, if I thought mounts were difficult, dragons take the cake, right? That's a, that's a mount times ten. Uh, oh. So it was just uh, folks, I think, are, are thinking this is a lot easier than it mm-hmm. looks. Uh, but I, I'll say I thought there were two really, 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 can I say really one more time, good suggestions that came out of it. Somebody suggested uh, you're allowing us to do artwork, but what about music? Ooh. And what about voiceovers? Ooh. <gasps> And I thought, wow, well, there's something that may be a step down from artwork, doing voices. Again, if you can have that ability. Uh, not sure of all the legal requirements and all that sort of stuff uh, to do all that. But, yeah, music and, and, and voiceovers, I'm like, wow, you could put those in and sell those to players? Now, wow, that is really, really slick. And they certainly wrote those two suggestions down and took them away. I think that could be the next step into Player Studio. That would be really awesome. That would be really awesome. Um, this whole Player Studio thing has me confounded uh, it seems really interesting and really cool that they're kind of opening the doors to players. Yes. But, I mean, I've kind of looked over the website and the tools and stuff. Those are some professional tools, 
and kind of expensive. So I'm thinking this is going to appeal to people who already use these tools in their day job. Yes. And they love it so much that they would, you know, kind of apply that knowledge to their favorite game. At least one would hope. Absolutely. And I think that's what it's geared for. And I, you know, I, I was talking to some of the some of the fellows afterwards saying, you know, what do you really think you're going to get here? You know, because I, I see the entry point uh, to be a very narrow funnel. You know, you're going to get a lot of stuff and you, that you can vet off right away and say hey, that that's just not up to SOE standards. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. You look at you look at EQ2 Alley as a game and it looks pretty damn impressive. You mm-hmm. look at Free Realms and Free Realms has a really slick art style to it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, Dell's you know, finger painting is just not going to cut it in those th- sort of things. So I think that the bar to the, the entry bar to get into this is very, very high to begin with. And like you say, uh, those tools take a lot of experience and then tack on talent. This is just not for everybody. I still think it's awesome and a great way to get yourself out there and possibly expand the world. I don't think anybody's going to be able to quit their day job right? Uh, to draw cloaks and house items today. Uh, and maybe whatever they come down, come along with down the road, they are going to allow us to do hairstyles too. Uh, maybe that's not too hard either, you know, given how it works. Uh, but again, it's it's not for any Joe Schmo off the street to do. Well, here's what I'm envisioning. Now, maybe this might be off the mark, but I'm envisioning a limited number of people are going to actually try to contribute to this. The restrictions, there are restrictions. I mean, it, it has to be something they can render. I mean, it can't be completely crazy, you know, difficult because it'll just bog everything down. Right. But I'm envisioning, you know, maybe they'll see some potential in certain contributors who are worthy of a go back, you know, kind of like, well, this is great style wise and idea wise, but technically we need to tweak a few things here and there and kind of send it back for a little bit of revision. I mean, this is kind of what I'm thinking. Like, maybe they won't get that many that they can actually kind of mentor a little bit. Uh, certainly it sounds like off the bat that that's not their plan. Oh. Because, again, maybe because they don't know what they're going to get. Uh, and maybe as the process gets refined and they get a feel for just how many they are getting mm-hmm. and how much is involved in the vetting process. Uh, because one, you know, you can't be showing favoritism to some and not others, you know, that sort of thing. Well, you gave them feedback on mine. Why aren't you giving feedback on mine? Uh, right. Because, you know, that sort of thing. I think it's new to them. So they're, they're starting yeah. slow. Uh, and again, with what they're allowing us to do, they're starting with the what I would believe to be the easiest things. Uh, maybe as the process goes forward, uh, they'll be able to uh, do a little bit more peer review type stuff and feedback. And I thought what's really slick about this, too, is. When, when I was talking to Reistel from the art department, he said, when people send me resumes, I'm going to send them right back the link to Player Studio. What's the best resume? Hey, here, I've already got stuff in your game <laughs> that you've vetted and, and that I've drawn and worked on. Take a look at what I've done. So mm. I, I think it's a great way for people who are in the field to get themselves out there and do that sort of thing. I just don't think this is for everybody. And I think there might be a lot of hurt feelings between people who are confused by decorating and, and art creation and well, art creation in game. But I also think that you might be underestimating the talent pool of the players. I think there are people among the players who can handle okay. some of this stuff. Maybe not a large number, but I think there there have to be several. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. I just don't think there's as many out there. I, I mean, well, it depends. I guess on your number, your you know, what's the number for you that pushes it over the edge? You know, I think even if you have a couple hundred, you're already ahead of the game. Because those that's a hundred extra sets of eyes and minds that are maybe coming up with ideas that you don't, you know, your team is busy working on something else. They don't have time to be brainstorming about new furniture items. Uh, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the EQ2 specific stuff, shall we? Sure. First of all, I got to say there was so much coming at us out there, I could barely keep up with it. It was it was like a tsunami of information. Uh, so a lot of stuff just washed right over me, and I never really got the details. I said, I'll figure that out later type of thing. <laughs> Again, and like I missed some of the panels as well. Uh, the, one of the first things that seemed to to create a, a little bit of a, a excitement storm was this whole XP change. Yes. Uh, and I, and certainly I, I don't think we need to spend too much time on that because uh, I think we could fill hours of a discussion on that alone. But it, what I what it sounds to me like is they're trying to put uh, the M back in MMO. They're trying to bring grouping back, and I think that's a good thing. I don't believe leveling is all that hard. And I don't think this penalty or this change or this nerf is going to ruin the game for people. It's it's putting gaming back in game, in, in my opinion. I guess it depends on your point of view if your purpose is to enjoy the game or if your purpose is to max level a character to fulfill a need in a particular a niche or something in a raid or something like that. Um, maybe if it slows things down, it might be a little painful I don't know, but I think if the overall impact is to make the leveling up aspect for new players better, then I think it's got to be a good thing. Yeah, I think once we get into the expansion too, I think the concern about power leveling and gaining XP is going to go away as people are focused on doing the content that's in the expansion. Uh, And certainly there seems to be a lot to do. Uh, there was so much, so many new zones coming at us. I don't even have them all, and I know beta has opened. Uh, I haven't had a chance to go over and take a look at it at all myself yet. Uh, but I am, if there's one thing about the expansion I am a little concerned about, and I've always had this feeling, certainly started in the void. It's a little on the space manny side, a little bit. Mm, uh, the expansion? It, yeah, we're getting into the ether near and all that sort of stuff. So it's a, it's a little bit... It's less real-world killing dragons and goblins and orcs and trolls and all that sort of stuff, and a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, maybe X-Files-ish feeling to me. Hmm. Uh, And I hope we don't drift too far away from that, uh, away from the dragons and that sort of stuff. Um, Do you get that feeling from the art, or do you get that feeling from the description of the zones? uh, A little bit from the lore and a little bit from the art. Uh, You know, you remember the Void I was a little. I was scared back then a little bit. Uh, certainly, this yeah. isn't Void 2.0, but it's a little Void-ish, I guess. So uh, let's not go too far out into these crazy storylines. Uh, you know, that's well, all I'm a little worried about. I don't know. I guess the Void. I I don't know. I didn't really grasp the whole storyline aspect. So, like the kind of thing I came away with the Void was more like kind of like an alternate reality or like a alternate existence. Yep. And this Ethernear kind of sounds like it might be like an like an alternate like a spirit world almost. Yes, yes, that's is exactly that... what it is. Okay. Yeah, so... so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the spirit world. Cuz I... I mean, you know, 
We have yeah. magic and stuff. Absolutely. I just don't <laughs> want to drift too far away from our high fantasy stuff. But I think that is high fantasy. Okay. I, I'm just a I little. Mean, that's just my take. I'm a little concerned about it. That's all. I don't want to have five expansions of Ethan here like we did with Void. With, Unless never, it's got naked Void. girls in it. What if there's lots of boob? Mm. <laughs> lots of scantily clad, uh, what do you call them? Dryads. I'm all Come over on. that. All right. Very so good. Now, Very good. Yes. Now it's looking more appealing. Now, now it looks marvelous. Yes. 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 Uh, another thing that I heard coming out of uh, SOE Live was you're not going back to Drunder. Well, thank goodness. I hate Drunder. Yes. I'm sorry. I want to like it. I hate it. I, I think it's because we've been there so many times. We've been there. No, for- it's no? not. It makes me pee my pants. I don't like Drunder. <laughs> Well, I think we've been there in Heroic, we've been there in Times 2 mode, we've been there in Times 4 mode, then we went there in Times 4 challenge mode. Well, you say we, very loosely. Okay, we, I mean we the player base in okay. general. Okay, all right. Uh, and, and not only that, the three towers kind mm. of all look the same, the same, except for a different paint job in each, I don't, right? I don't get that. For the most part. Certainly, I'm sure if we got the art team, they'd point out every little thing that's different. See, these stairs are on the left as opposed to the right oh, side of them. Yes, and these yes. tables are much lower than these. Right. Uh, but it's the same kind of theme three times, and we did it in four different ways. So it'll be nice. It was nice to hear that we don't have to go back there for progression, that we will be moving forward from Drunder. However, Plane of War will still be current. The loot from, from Plane of War will still matter when you get into uh, Chains of Eternity. I think that's a good thing. Even though the zone is very laggy for me, and okay. I just dislike that aspect of it, I do like the loots, the fat loots. Yes. It's very laggy. It's very fear-filled mm-hmm. and hole-filled. Yeah, two things that, are, uh, that, that, that don't go well together, unlike peanut butter and chocolate. Uh, yes. Holes and fear holes do not and... go well. No, they do not go well. And it's quite large. Yes, it is. It so is there's larger. much running I guess it's a good thing if you can, you know, maybe burn faster or traverse faster or, I don't know, farm it faster. Right. We'll be, I don't know. We'll be 95. Like, we'll yeah. have new prestige points and all that. We'll have new gear. It's the gear that is in Plane of War will be current uh, and comparable and relevant in Chains of Eternity. And I think that's a good thing, too, because not that many guilds have broken into Plane of War. Uh, there's still a large amount of the player base. Well, A, we'll never see it, but now this will give an opportunity for more players to see it and participate in it, and it mm-hmm. still be relevant. You're not doing it just because it's there, right? It'll be mm-hmm. relevant, and I think that's a good thing. I do, too. Um, I'm hoping it's not too relevant. Like, I'm hoping the, the gear out of the new stuff is is better, even if it's just marginally better. Yes, as far as I know, the... Now, don't quote me because maybe I misremembered this because, again, as I said, a lot of information all at once. Plane of War gear will fit in just around the end of easy mode gear coming out of Chains of Eternity and just a smidge under challenge mode uh, Change of Eternity gear. So it'll be in the middle there. So you'll be running pretty much Plane of War and easy mode chains at the same time for comparable items. Then the the, okay. the the new top end will be as I as far as I know uh, chains hard mode. I do like that because I think that the simple fact that there are quite a number of guilds that haven't even been able to scratch the surface of plane plane of war. Yep. Uh, I think that's good to keep it 
there on the table and not make it completely useless. But the Drunder thing, for me personally, I'm glad to not have it be relevant because I don't care for those encounters as a raider. But on a bigger picture, I'm kind of bummed because I haven't been able to finish all of the content. I'm kind of bummed that it's off the table because you, you you then just, you know, kind of skip over that. You just go, you know, you just kind of leapfrog the Drunder straight to Plane of War if you're kind of in one of those guilds that's catching up to Endgame. Yeah, yeah. I, you know although I, mean? I think that happens a lot. I know it happens a lot. I don't like that, though. Okay. Okay. But I don't know. I guess all the more reason to do what uh, Penge Finches is doing with his with his, his level lock guild. Yeah, the level lock guild. Yep. It's always time to come back to it later, and I think that's a very nice thing about EQ two is you can always go back and do it later. That's may not true. be maybe I mean, the rewards may not be relevant where you are, but it's always there to do if you want to. Content wise, yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, now certainly there was a ton of trade skilling information coming out of it, and I got to be honest, I barely grasped any of it. Uh, they're talking about uh, salvaging and experimentation, uh, that we're going to be able to have these spirit stones, which is another type of adornment that are going to grow over time based on what you do with them. Uh, they sounded like, I think the term was green adornment. Okay. That's spirit stones? Is I green? believe those are spirit stones, yes. Mm. Now, please don't quote me if I have that incorrect. Again, there was like, when we were in the panel, these slides are going by. I'm like, holy, what? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Please, I please hope Wire is writing all this down for me right. to review because <laughs> uh, it was coming so fast. But uh, it sounds to me like what we haven't seen uh, in recent times is trade skilling. There's a lot of focus on it this time. Hmm. And we're going to have the ability to uh, craft multiple items at the same time, which I love that huge, huge roar from the crowd oh, when they announced that. All obviously woodworkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ability to get, you know, uh, adornments off items, I believe. Very I believe cool. that's salvaging, I think, is the terminology for that. Uh, experimentation was making something even more powerful than it is, but they were talking about uh, big risk for uh, – big return but big risk involved. So not really sure what all that meant, but it sounded like there's going to be more to do when it comes to this sort of stuff. You're not just going to go get a researcher who says and plunk him in your house and visit him once a day kind of thing and then have him spit out a recipe at the end of a certain amount of time. Mm. Um, so that sounded really exciting that there was more to do, more to interact with than mm-hmm. necessarily the, what we saw uh, either in Goose Spansion or in DOV a little bit. I like this idea of a risk in trade skilling. Uh, like you might lose the item or you might die or a combination of both. Yeah. I kind of yeah. think that's cool. I, I really like that. That's got another level of interest. Uh, more usefulness to trade skilling. Yeah, I'm hoping they bring back Death by Forge. <laughs> I'd like to see that. I really would. Uh, you know, and they talked about these these recovering of the runes, uh, mm-hmm. war runes and whatnot, that you can do it, but it's going to uh, destroy the item. Right. And they also talked about weapons are going to come with war runes on them already. Uh, I think that that's interesting. It could open up a whole new market. Yeah, that you can either leave that war rune on, replace it with another one like we can today, or try to pop that war rune off and put it onto something else, but it is going to destroy the item. So what I did like about that is the the ability to decide what you want to do with it. Yeah. How do I want to deal with it? Maybe somebody else deals with it in a different way. Bring the choice to the player. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's really important because I think we've lost a little bit about that in, you know, some of the very orderly and progressive loot we have. You know what the next piece is you want. There's no, well, maybe I want this or maybe I want that. We don't make decisions when it comes to loot anymore. You take the next thing in, in line. It's like moving right. up the shelf and you just grab the higher one off the shelf when you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I asked a bunch of players out there about that. You know, do they like that or do they like the old days with a lot of the stats and some stats being higher and some being lower and which item is better, putting it, in, you know, putting side-by-side comparison and deciding – well, this one's got this proc, and this one's got that, and this guy's got this stat, and that one's the, you know, that, that back and forth we used to do. Uh, it, I was surprised a lot of players that I talked about uh, talked about with that said they prefer the orderly progression. They really? don't like the choice making. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, uh, granted, I didn't have a very large sample size, but I found that to be interesting. Maybe more time spent playing and less time worrying about what you're wearing. Uh, that's a good point. That's a very interesting way to look at it, Ellie. Absolutely. So maybe, you know, it's the gameplay that's better. Yep. Uh, I, I went to the, the monetizing or the franchising of, of the EverQuest series. Uh, one very interesting point that uh, Smokejumper shared during that was uh, because he has all the numbers and all the reports, he said that uh, compared between EQ1 and EQ2, mm-hmm. EQ2 players tend to spend more on appearance items than our EverQuest 1 counterparts. I can believe that. Our EverQuest 1 counterparts are buying potions and experience and that sort of stuff. Granted, we have that as well. We're just not buying as much of that as they are. They spend less on appearance and more on play. And we, in EverQuest 2, <laughs> apparently just want to look pretty. So EverQuest 1 is buying canned goods for the shelter. Yes. Whereas EverQuest 2 is buying scented candles. <laughs> yes, yes, and frilly hats. And frilly hats. And okay. Sparkly ponies to put in our shelters. Yes. Okay. They have well, no, let me rephrase. They have shelters. We build McMansions and decorate them. <laughs> <laughs> I, like it. I thought that was kind of interesting. And, you know, from his point of view, uh, those are very interesting to statistics. Uh, excuse me. Uh, what to put in each marketplace because each game's marketplace, uh, their <laughs> players drive different sales. This is just like where to put this, what what to put in this JCPenney at this mall versus the one down the road because the clientele are different. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And from a, a, an executive producer type of position, I think those are the sort of things you are interested in and wonder about. Well, I think that's kind of humorous that we're buying more crap. <laughs> yeah. Now, I am a little concerned about this thing they call the point of need sales. Yeah, but uh, I didn't really get that. What he, he explained it to me. Yeah, what he was talking about is making microtransactions micro again. No more sparkly ponies at $25. Um, and the, the example that he used was um, InstaRes. So when you're out soloing and you die... Um, today you click the revive button, or you can go into the marketplace and buy a self-res scroll. What if the buy me now res button is right on the revive window there for you, and it's uh, only a quarter, 25 cents? Uh, 25 our, station cash? Um, or whatever the moral equivalent of 25. But, I mean, would it be station cash? Would it take it, it out would, of your wallet? Yes, probably, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but bringing the micro back to microtransactions and 25 cents, I'll, yeah, okay, I'm at the bottom of the dungeon. Yeah, it's a quarter. I'll, I'll click that button in one style, click and, and get it right away. So that made me a little concerned that uh, that my EQ2 interface is going to be 
covered with buy me now buttons, right? <laughs> uh, putting these things all over the screen uh, because they're, and he called them point of needs, PONs. Put the, put the buy me button where you're most likely to, to get it. So when you run out of food, up next to the message that says you're out of food, maybe it pops the click here to buy a bag of food. Or, hey, your arrows are empty. Right on the quiver button is your, you know, buy a stack of arrow button. Mm. I'm a little fearful of that. I, I, I don't like that. I like that station cash. If I want it, I know where it is. I don't want it in my face again. I think we, as a world are past the point where Dell's dream world will happen. I mean, you know, right now we're recording on Skype, right? And there's already an ad for something. It's not in my face, but it's there. Yep. yep. I mean, it's an ad for doing something through Skype, buying something. Uh, there are buttons for everything. There, There's, you know... Um, there are different tokens in, in practically every game you play. There are different tokens that you can buy with real money and you could buy larger quantities of them for, you know, a slight discount um, that allow you to do things in the game faster than you would without spending any money, which I think is kind of the nature of free to play. I, I think that's not going to go away if they can make it unobtrusive and make it not annoying and make it not. I, I'm worried. The one thing I am worried about is players are very accustomed to physical memory. You know, you're sort of used to. I mean, how many times have you clicked the revive button when you should have waited for a res? Yes. Um, it's kind of you, you're on autopilot. You're a creature of habit. As a as an MMO player, the only thing I worry about is people accidentally clicking and then inundating the you know petition window yes. with requests for their twenty five cents back. Uh, certainly, absolutely. I guess I'm worried about the creep factor, right? We've talked about it before. The slippery slope. Yeah. You know, where where is the tipping point? When are there too many buy me now buttons that they're mm-hmm. overwhelming your screen every time something goes wrong or bad? Oh, hey, we can help you out with that with a quick sale. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I can see it now. Dell is sinking in quicksand. Yes, yes. And here's a pole with a price tag attached. You could pull on it, or you could just wait and see if you could survive. <laughs> what are you going to do? Dear Ranger, this hitbox too big? For 25 cents, you can shrink oh, this dragon. You bastard. You went there. I did go there. So, uh, you know, again, yes, it's out there, and I've I've lost the will to fight in certain places. Yeah. I am just concerned about the EQ2 interface turning into some billboard ASPAC based web web based game where it's pop 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 in my bejeweled bedazzled window. It's buy this now, but you know there's I, I can't even click them off fast enough and actually play the game. That's all. So uh, yes, it's yes, this stuff's coming. I think they need to be careful not to alienate their customers with too many buy me now buttons. I think that's probably wise advice. Uh, the other thing that uh, I found very, very interesting at, at Fanfare, and uh, I want to I coin a phrase if I could, Allie. I, you can coin anything yes. you like. I guess although if I'm announcing that I'm coining a phrase, I guess it loses some of its cachet. But, <laughs> but I want to call, call something to your attention. I want to call to your attention what I call Beast Lord Syndrome. Okay. And, and what Beast Lord Syndrome is... All the things in game that we were told throughout the years, not going to do it, can't have it, 
either technically too hard to do. Uh, you'll get it when the other tw- 24 classes are balanced, right? <laughs> All these things over the year they told us not going to happen. Right. You know, and, and a few examples of those are uh, multiple altars in your guild hall, the deity altars, proto mentoring uh, from your guild hall. No, no, no. We like it. We like it in the cities. Why? Because it gives you a reason to go to the cities. Right. Well, actually, before that, the, the, the original reason was, well, because it, there's too many jumping off points from your guild hall, we want you to have to uh, traverse your way there, fight your way across the zone at low level. OK, then it was we want you to come to the cities to get it. Well, guess what? Now it's going to be in your guild hall with the expansion. You got your pack pony harvesting rares now. Nope, nope. We don't want pack pony harvesting rares. Better yet, we'll put it on a goblin and give you that instead. So all these things that you, we said couldn't be done. Adornments coming off items unattuning things, crafting multiple items at once, things we've been asking for for years. Now, all of a sudden, the dev team seems to say, yeah, we can do that. And I think the poster child for that is Beast Lords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you, you know, in the beginning it was, no, you're not getting Beast Lords. No, you got, oh, by the way, now we're giving you Beast Lords. Well, maybe Beast Lords just broke the seal. Yeah, I think they did. I that think was they the did. big, that was the big sticking point for years it became a joke. Yep. But and then I, when it happened, it was like, okay, okay. And kilts and all this other stuff. I mean, don't you think that's a good thing, though, that they're giving players what they want? Uh, absolutely. I think we dedicated a whole show to giving players what they want. Right. Now, I think there's also uh, some uh, underlying evil motives at work here. Uh, as you know, we're getting guild level increase with the expansion sure well what's easier to give us as rewards for leveling our guild things that are already implemented and they just have to maybe transfer them to guild halls now i I don't know what the code looks like so i don't know how hard that is but chrono mentoring is already in game right i don't think it's that hard to take it out of the cities and stick it in your guild halls and amenity you know that's not evil though that's just well easy it's It's easy easy. (laughs) absolutely so what what's what's easier here Going back on your word or doing hard work and inventing well, new identities. Maybe it wasn't their word. Maybe the team has changed. Fair enough. Fair enough. Word. So I just think, too, some of it is, well, we need to give amenities to people because they're going to have new guild hall levels. Right. What's easy to do? Well, it's easy to cash in what we said we wouldn't do than actually yeah. spend time uh, and invent something new. I'm okay with that. I'm certainly not uh, saying that they shouldn't do this. I'm like, eh. All these things they said we couldn't have, now they're giving it to us. A, because we wanted, and B, probably because they're they're not that hard to do. Right. Well, I think part of the problem is players have a way longer memory than the team. Oh, absolutely. Simply because the collective conscious of consciousness of the player base is, you know, back to the beginning of time, whereas the developers, they're limited in number, and, you know, the ones who were around from day one... Well, they're smaller in number. So, you know, they didn't maybe make any promises or say no. (laughs) And now the people in charge never said no. So they're saying yes. Absolutely. And things evolve. And and that's part of it. So I just think it's interesting that all these things that we've been hearing over the years couldn't be done, don't want (laughs) to be done, are now being done. You're just wondering if there's a razor blade in your apple. Uh, I, well, I don't think the team is that mean. I don't well, think they're going to do us harm, Allie. Metaphorically speaking, like you're worried that there's some nefarious aspect to this. 
Uh, I don't think there is. I think they just, you know what? If it's easy to make people happy, I don't think there's any reason not to. Yeah, I, I just so. wouldn't have gone with the old razor blade and the well, apple analogy for that one. Maybe I, a little, little heavy-handed there, sorry. Okay. Bad, anal- to, bad analogy. To all the little kids out there, don't go to Allie's house at Halloween. No, God, no. That was an analogy. I Wait, think babe. Ellie gets toothbrushes on Halloween. Oh, you're so mean to me. So, Del, uh, we've heard a lot of stuff about details, about the expansion, about changes coming and all this. But if you had to kind of pull back the camera a bit, is there one thing that sort of stands out as an overarching what I wanted to get out of Fanfare or a big thing that I did get out of Fanfare, big picture thing? Yeah, absolutely. And it was something we talked about in our last episode before I headed out there. I, I wanted to know the answer to the question, are they players too? And I know we have discussed that and questioned it. And I know other members of the community have, have kind of questioned it at times as well. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think I did walk away with that feeling. Uh, I think that EQ2 is on the right road. It's going down the right path. And I think as much as we've sometimes uh, chastised and nitpicked and pointed out some things that we don't like, I do think overall... It is going in the right direction, and I do think that they are players. Now, um, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm euphoric with that belief. Um, maybe I had a little too much to drink. <laughs> maybe I much, uh, inhaled too much of that piped-in oxygen into the casino, <laughs> so I was a little lightheaded. Uh, maybe I'd been up too long, that sort of stuff, uh, being on West Coast party time. Mm. Uh, but I do want to believe that, and I think it's there. I do think it's there. Now... Am I still going to be a stickler in the mud for a lot of things? Absolutely. And am I going to use uh, Windstalker's own words against her? Absolutely. And that's show me, don't tell me. Right? Actions speak louder than words. Uh, and talking to the devs one-on-one, absolutely. They are aware of things, and there are things that they want to be working on and want to be fixing. They know what we want. I do believe that. Whether or not they can execute it can be something else. But I, I do believe we are headed down the right path. And I think, did I get the feeling that they are players too? Yes. Now, let me say, I had that feeling a year ago. I said I lost it over time. I'm hoping this time I don't lose that feeling. I got it back a little bit. They, they made inroads on me. And I want to hopefully continue that feeling. My hope is that the only reason you lost it over time is because of poor communication. Because that's easily fixable. Yeah, and communication goes a long way, Allie. You're it absolutely does. right. Yep. It really does. I think that the forums can get a little bit crazy and without a face to the name, maybe it can be intimidating. But I really think the players want to hear that the developers love the game as much as they do. And I think when you go to Fanfare, you do have that kind of euphoria surrounding the events because everybody loves the game and we love the characters and we love our characters that we've been playing since day one. And they love the art and they love the the NPCs and the storyline and everything that they've created. And they love that we love it. So there is kind of that magical atmosphere at fanfare and and if the communication can actually remain throughout the year and not have these you know kind of iron curtain-ness 
about it that maybe that feeling can stay all year long. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's true. Uh, that one-on-one time you had, you really get that feeling. And I heard that from a lot of other players as well, both first-time fan favors and returning uh, SOE livers. Mm. <laughs> I guess I got my <laughs> terms a little bit backwards. So that's okay. That's okay. Uh, that, that everybody kind of had that feeling walking away. Now I hope we can maintain and sustain that feeling uh, through the next year. I do too. Hey, how many people were there uh, roughly? I would say it was comparable to the crowd last year. Uh, certainly not as large as some of the heydays in past, but it was uh, it was a good crowd. And I think to this time around, there were certainly a lot of Planet Side players. And I got to be honest, Ellie, Planet Side Two players, their passion frightens me. It really does. Oh, they are loud. And they have factions, and they fight amongst each other, and they fight with me. They frightened me. I told you, my first fan fray, I met a Planetside guy in the bar. He scared the crap out of me. I mean, I literally, like, back away slowly, back away slowly. He scared me. Scary. Their game looks fantastic. Uh, I I probably won't play a, much of it because uh, I don't think it's the game for me. I don't do well in first person first person shooters, much like I don't do well in battlegrounds, and I end up going home crying. <laughs> so I think I'll stay out of it. Their game looks fantastic. The videos that we saw, and they are a loud, rowdy bunch, and I applaud them for that. But they did make me look over my shoulder a few extra times. Uh, the, I thought I was going to get headshotted from out of the out of nowhere by a sniper, you know. Some Vanu. I don't even understand their factions. I think Vanu was one of them, man. It was it was going to come in and, and strife us all. But uh, uh, their team looks excited about their game. They're about to launch, and it looks it looks fantastic. Uh, and I think that drew a lot of a lot of those players to Fanfare. I think so. You saw a much larger Planet Side contingency there this year. I wonder if Planet Side players will buy as many sparkly ponies and dress up clothes <laughs> uh only so that they can hide in it wheel it up to the fortress and then jump out and and start being boop, 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 pew, 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 <laughs> the whole place down absolutely <laughs> breaking news alley we have another scoring update alert coming out of new york let's head back to the studio alley there's been a little bit of controversy coming out of the eq2 talk fantasy league this year Apparently one of the picks that you had made, whether or not those guys over at EQ2Wire were going to come out with a mobile app, there's been some controversy on the field of that play. Are you looking to throw a challenge flag on that one, whether or not that they did produce for Fanfare a app? Well, I got to consult with the ref here. Can you explain the rules to me about the red flag? (laughs) Now, you had said that they would produce a mobile app. Yes. Uh, you're you're questioning whether or not what they produced is a mobile app. Well, we let's let's refresh people who don't know. Okay, they came out. Eq to wire came out because, as we know, SOE had produced a uh, mobile app, a mobile app for SOE Live for the iPhone. Correct, it was iPhone only, yep. and people were asking, "Ooh, is there one for Android?" Yes, and they said no because it was done on spare time. Anyway. Bottom line is, Wire came out with something yep. that could be used as an app-ish, kind of. They came out with a schedule that was available for all mobile devices, regardless of the operating system. Yes. The question is, does I that know. credit you with points for your app? Now, would you like to throw the red flag, and we'll go under the hood, 
and review the question. Now, well, if you're if you lose the challenge, Ellie, you have mm-hmm. no more challenges and you will turn the ball over and you will not score any points if they come out with something between now and the end of the year. Well, I'm going to keep on holding on to my red flag because I kind of already have the answer from Death Dealer. He tweeted. <laughs> all right, fair enough. So, all right then, Allie. There's no challenge on this play. Back to the podcast. But if they come out with an app before the end of football season, I can still get my points. So, Dell, with all the great things going on, you must have a favorite thing, but let's start with your least favorite. Absolutely. My least favorite is there is never enough time at SOE Live to talk to everyone before it's over. Plain and simple. It's only a couple of days. There are so many people I wanted to, to talk to. There's so many people I did get a chance to meet. I, I'm not going to name them because I'll certainly forget somebody. There was so many, but it just it's over before I realize it, and that's my least favorite moment of the weekend. Oh, Well, you might just have to plan a little interim get-together. So, Allie, what's your least favorite? Uh, my least favorite thing is raiding without certain key players who went to Fanfare. Oh, it's not so much that without them we did lame stuff because we didn't. We actually did not do lame stuff. Uh, but I miss their personalities during raid. And that's even you, Del. Oh, thank you. That makes me feel special. More specialer. Yes. You, what's your favorite thing? Uh, my favorite thing was I cornered Windstalker at the pool party. <laughs> I like how you put that. And I she, cornered her. I cornered, yes. I chased her down at the pool party, yes. Uh, and she promised, and if you know Allie here in our notes, it is capitalized and underlined. She yes. promised me giant kill count. So I think now I finally got it face-to-face. There will be giant kill count soon. Was she backed into a corner and peeking over her shoulder at the big burly security guard next to her when you got that out of her? Yes, yes. One of those little trauma huh? buttons people push. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, that was going off, too. I, I only had a little time to get giant kill count uh, explained to her before they dragged me off. <laughs> but I think she got my message. So, Ellie, what's your most favorite for this podcast? Well, my most favorite thing is if you read the patch notes... Flying mounts can now be hidden, except while flying, which, guess what? I get two points. Breaking news, Allie. Back to the studio. We've just got word in that flying mounts are now hideable. And, Allie, wasn't that part of your fantasy picks for this season? It was. I get two whole points for that. So, Allie now takes the lead, two to one, back to the podcast. So we have an alley angle for this episode. Allie, are you ready for it? I'm always ready, Del. All right, excellent. Uh, not being there at Fanfare and having to experience it at home through your social media, uh, what were three things that uh, didn't come across clearly in 140 characters or less? Well, one thing that stood out to me uh, was the changes to Group XP. That changed when that came over the wire, so to speak. I was in-game, and... Um, I got to say the tinfoil hat brigade came out, as you like to say. <laughs> it sounded like, you know, people were talking about it and going over the, the whys and why nots and what's going to happen next type of thing, what effect this might have. And it was a little bit of, you know, uh, well, it could be for this reason or it could be for this really horrible reason. It just sounded like, uh, you know, these nefarious motives behind this this change 
I, I don't know that, that you would necessarily have gotten that at Fanfare, but certainly back home, uh, you know, we're kind of scratching our heads and going, oh, I wonder, I wonder why, I wonder why, why are they doing this? And there were people floating some crazy ideas out there. Uh, and I'm kind of hoping that it it's going to be less horrible than people anticipate. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's going to be true. I think when you're there at Fanfare and you're kind of sitting in the audience, you have people around you who you can murmur with, and, you know, make comments with about it. When you're probably at home and you're sitting there and you see that come across in Twitter or or on uh, EQ2 Wire or something like that, it's very much out of context. It's very text. There's no mm-hmm. feeling. There's no emotion. There's no nodding. There's no further explanation, especially when you've got to fit it into 140 characters and all you type is XP nerf ink, right? <laughs> and of course, because not only that, they're moving on to the next topic, and you got to be ready to tweet that next one in. You got to get in pound s o e life l e right, and you, and you, you know, gotta be first, right, right, and you, and you know Dell, who's out there henpecking one key at a time. So yeah, I can certainly see how that kind of came across as just XP nerf, right? Uh, and they didn't, you didn't have an opportunity to hear why they're doing it or what they're trying to promote or some of the follow-up questions to it. So, yes, absolutely. And I think, I think only time will tell with this uh, where this is going to go. And I think um, a lot of folks should reserve judgment until we actually see it implemented and see what it's like. Well, did you get the feeling that it was a good change? Did you get the feeling it was a needed change by the explanations that you got? Uh, yes, because what they want to stop to me, and this is, again, a little bit of my interpretation, what they want to stop is Joe running around with five Joelits behind him <laughs> as he trances through his zone over and over again, uh, one-shotting everything, and these five other tunes just getting free XP while either them being his botted characters or real people watching TV. You know, so I think they want to put the game back in gaming and the M back in MMO, and I think that's a good thing. I I think this is a positive change. I think people grouping and playing the content as opposed to running Chelsea and running uh, KD or all those other instances with Mega XP bonuses uh, just to grind out XP. Again, I, I, that's why I'm also leaning on the you might as well just sell max levels because that's all people are doing anyways, racing to the end game. If you want to experience it along the way you already are, I think it's just trying to force those other people who are, I'd rather, I'd rather just run it myself with my five alt tunes running behind me. I think that's just trying to integrate those people back into general gameplay. So I'm happy with it. Then again, I don't have five alts that I want to run around through Chelsea's with. Well, that was kind of the um, the the tinfoil hat thing that was floated. Okay, was that the reason behind it was so that they could sell the max level potions or whatever? That was actually a raid leader who came up with that. I'm idea. not sure <laughs> if that's actually their motive, but I can easily see it as part of the explanation as to why. You know, and I think we've yeah. talked about Insta ninety for a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Certainly not. So what was your number two? My number two was actually, I had seen a couple of people tweet about something going on in one of the keynotes or maybe it was one of the ending sessions, I'm not sure, about a salute to the military. And I saw that Dell had tweeted something about that SOE made a very nice gesture. And, you know, I really would like to have seen that event. I would like to have been part of it. It's those moments when they're tweeted that you kind of feel left out a little bit because you can't you know that being there is really pretty much 
the whole experience. Absolutely. And this was this was one of the things that SOE hadn't done in a while at Fanfare, and I was very pleased to see them bring it back. And I put it on my feedback every year. Is And the, they invite active military up onto the stage to give them a, a, an award. Not only that, they also get a, a round of applause as well, which is very nice from the audience. But she invited folks up, and they kept coming. And I think that was the surprising part. There were so many of them, and they kept wow. coming. They, they filled the stage, uh, and they had some uh, goodies to give away to them. Uh, and how they how they chose to award them was uh, they asked people who had been in uh, in the service uh, more than five years to step basically almost a whole stage step forward. Mm. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, let's go to ten years, and they had a whole bunch of them step forward again. All right, uh, not too many are falling off here. Let's go to fifteen, and now they started to run out of stage. <laughs> you know, there were so many people stepping forward, uh, and when they finally whittled it down, uh, the the two had. The two winners were, uh, I believe, 20 and 25 years of active service. Wow. Um, and they got another round of applause as well. So it was really nice to see SOE honor our servicemen and women uh, that way. It's something they hadn't been doing for the past few years, and I was very pleased to see them do that, and I hope they continue to do it as well. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's a real nice tribute to them. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, that was one of those moments that I wish I had been there for because you can't capture that over even a you know someone telling the story absolutely on a website sure. so in my number one actually i just read about this today uh over on zam there was a story that came out about a from everquest uh by the name of vetorica whose guildmates i guess brought her to fanfare it was a dream of hers to come to fanfare the story itself is a very moving story um if you haven't read it yet you really should head over there to check it out um, but she, I guess, was very ill and made it to fanfare and, you know, it was kind of a family story about her guild and, and her kind of fight for life and EverQuest being such an important aspect of her life. And it, it's really a moving, really a moving story. Yeah, I just saw that story today and I saw her during the costume contest. Uh, and she had a very nice contest, and I think she won like uh, honorable mention from the judges. Uh, and then uh, her attendant, who was assisting her, uh, explained her story, and you could almost hear a pin drop in the room as as they were sharing that story with us all. Uh, and then, like almost all at once, the whole room just like rose to its feet and started applauding her, and uh, you could see her kind of overwhelmed with emotion a little bit. And um, I remember standing up and, and cheering as well, and. Uh, I, I have to be honest, I, I kind of got a little lump in my throat because uh, not only for this woman's story, but it made me remember uh, friends and family who have passed away. And, it, and her story made me think of them a little bit as well. Uh, and uh, actually, I apologize. We, in rehearsal, we, I had a little problem with this as well, and I'm having it again here now. Uh, you know, I think back to those folks, and I, I remember my time with them very fondly, and I remember my time in game very fondly. Um, uh, it, so it was just that it was just a moment in time that you know no text will ever describe that feeling and, and I have a difficult time putting it in words but it was truly you know thank you to her for coming to Fanfare uh, and giving not only that me an opportunity to applaud her efforts but to think of all the friends and family that I have missed and I do miss uh, regularly uh, through that experience so uh, it was just truly a truly a touching experience, and I don't think I, I've seen anything at Fanfare like that before. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, don't know if I ever will again. So it really was just that moment in time. Mm-hmm. 
was very, very nice. So, Ali, to wrap up uh, Ali Angle here a little bit, uh, the three things that you struggled with trying to interpret them through the social media tools were? Uh, the changes to Group XP. And number two? Uh, was the salute to the military during one of the keynotes, the general sessions, whatever they were. And number one? Was uh, hearing the story about Veturica from EverQuest. Yes, all very nice moments from, from Fanfare. I'm, I'm thinking back to them now and wishing I was there again. Oh. Work stinks. Fanfare is fun. Well, thanks for giving us your all of your feedback and your storytelling and sharing all those things that you heard. And uh, hopefully all that stuff will be fabulous. More jiggly, more jiggly parts. Yes. <laughs> So, Allie, then, do we have anything else for this, the 54th episode of the EQ2Talk podcast? Bears are five and one. All right, then. So let's say thank you again to this week's corporate sponsor, the United States Playing Card Company, makers of Bicycle, B, and Aviator Playing Cards for over 100 years, Allie, the number one brand in awareness and quality perception. Easiest to shuffle deal and play since 1885 the united states playing card company get in the game alley what what is what does it mean to be the number one brand in awareness and quality perception what does that mean i don't know i just read this stuff I they put it in front of they i i am the number one in per, the perception of quality not actual quality, the perception of quality. I don't think we're supposed to question what the corporate <laughs> Sorry, sponsor it just is bad. Very corporate sponsor, Lally. Let's not make fun I, of them, all right? Okay, I'm not mocking. They're the easiest to shuffle. They are. And, and play. Deal, and play. And they've been doing it for over 100 years, Allie. That's Who are we to mock their playing wow. card companies? It's actually, over 100... We don't have to do that, <laughs> do we? Over 125 years. Maybe we should just do our outro. Okay. Good idea. If you'd like to reach us, you can email us. I'm at Allie at EQ2Talk.com. And I'm Delmont at EQ2Talk.com. You can reach us in game. I'm at EQ2.unrest.alicious, A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. And I'm EQ2.unrest.delmont, D-E-L-L-M-O-N. You can also join our in-game chat channel, which is eq.unrest.eq2talk. Or you can check us out over there on the Facebook, which is facebook.com slash eq2talk, where we would love if you would like us. Or follow us on Twitter at eq2talk. Hope you'll join us for episode number 55, our Stay Alive episode. Say goodnight, Allie. Goodnight, Allie. Cape size? Uh-huh. Uh, 40 regular? What's with the parachutes? <laughs> What's with the parachutes? Well, you're going to find out soon if you step foot on, I guarantee you. It's such a short flight, it seems like you're being a little overcautious. I, mean, I don't know. It's just hot, but, uh, Son, we're skydiving. You're skydiving? <laughs> we're the Flying Elvis' Utah chapter. Roy Bacon, director at your service. Listen, if you could just drop me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we should drop it.
certainly don't want to ruin all the good stuff for the next episode now. No, I was. I don't know if that was singing. So don't let's just skip. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Stop being funny. Makers of bicycle B and avity <laughs> aviator aviator. Good lord! Hi, Alan Dell. Alan Dell. Alan Dell. Alan Dell. I've like done it. it again. I'll call you Delly. All right. <laughs> now I'm hungry. I need a corned beef sandwich on rye. I gotta find that doo 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 doo. Makers of Bicycle, B, and Avitator. What the hell's an Avitator? <laughs> it's a new Merc. I was fine, and then I broke the seal. Shoot time! Yeah. Yeah. 